We discovered that there were secrets that your body was trying to tell you that could really help you optimize performance. But no one could monitor those things. And that's when we set out to build the technology that we thought could really change the world. Welcome to the WHOOP podcast. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of WHOOP, where we are on a mission to unlock human performance. At WHOOP, our clients range from the best professional athletes in the world to Navy SEALs to fitness enthusiasts to Fortune 500 CEOs and executives. The common thread among WHOOP members is a passion to improve. What does it take to optimize performance for athletes, for humans, really anyone? And now that we've just launched the all-new WhoopStrap 3.0 featuring WHOOP Live, which takes real-time training and recovery analysis to the next level, you're going to hear how many of these users are optimizing their body with WHOOP and with other things in their life. On this podcast, we dig deeper, we interview experts, we interview industry leaders across sports, data, technology, physiology, athletic achievement, you name it. How can you use data to improve your body? What should you change about your life? My hope is that you'll leave these conversations with some new ideas and a greater passion for performance. With that in mind, I welcome you to the WHOOP podcast. So I played for a coach who didn't have shoot around. The whole premise was to sleep more, especially when you're a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, it can get funky because your shoot around time is going to be at 10 to 7 a.m. So we never had shoot around that the whole year. It was optional. So players who needed the extra work, maybe didn't get the same game minutes as others, they could go use the court time, totally optional. And yeah, I found that I felt amazing that whole year. What's up, folks? We have a good one today. My guest is Sue Bird, one of the most successful basketball players to ever step on the court. Dating back to her high school state championship, she has won on every level. She's a four-time Olympic gold medalist, a four-time world champion, a three-time WNBA champion, a five-time EuroLeague champion, and a two-time NCAA title winner at UConn. In fact, her record at UConn was 114 and 4. That's winning. Sue is also a Whoop member uh, who's been on the product for close to three years now. So, this has been a long time coming to get to spend time with Sue. And we talk about how she's embraced new technology and adapted her mindset to allow her to continue competing as the oldest player in the WNBA the winning attitude she's had since childhood and how she's been able to bounce back from multiple knee injuries, and why she'd like to see the U.S. women's national team play against celebrities at the NBA All-Star Game. That was a fun one. There's a lot here. Sue is an amazing guest and a real pleasure to talk to. I think you're going to find this conversation very insightful. Before I introduce Sue, this month, Whoop has teamed up with Joe Rogan, and fellow comedians Bert Kreischer, Ari Schaefer, and Tom Segura for Sober October to see how sobriety impacts sleep, recovery, and overall wellness. That's right, they're going 31 days cold turkey, no booze, no bud, no drugs, all powered by Whoop. I'm going sober, you can join me and this wild crew. And as part of our community, you'll get a live look at their progress via the WHOOP leaderboard, and you'll have a chance to join Team Sober October to monitor your own sobriety and impact. So check out the show notes to learn more or visit soberoctober.whoop.com. 
Com. And make sure to listen to their podcast to hear all about their data and experiences getting sober with Whoop. And now here's Sue. Sue, welcome to the Whoop podcast. Thanks for having me. It's really cool getting to spend time with you because like, it, I think it was two or two and a half years ago that I discovered that you were on Whoop and you had like thrust your, your arm up at a, at a big sports conference. Yeah. And I all of a sudden got all these text messages because you, you said something very flattering about the product and how it, it, would, it helped you think about, about your body. For you, what, what does it mean today to still be playing basketball and still competing at a really high level? Um, good question. I think for me right now, it's a testament to being willing to change and, you know, that longevity aspect of it for me personally. And I think it, I think it's safe to say for a lot of older players, those that at the end of their career, you have to be willing to change, which is not easy for athletes. You know, we kind of get stuck in like what always worked for us. Um, So you have to kind of have an open mind and I'm lucky to have people around me who help me do that. Um, but I think that's, that's what playing right now actually means. It's, it's, it's that willingness to, to be open-minded. And what sorts of things come to mind for you in terms of being open-minded? Probably nutrition sticks out as one. So um, there's been a shift for you there. Yeah, there's been a shift. And it wasn't that I was like eating like crap all the time or anything. Right. It was just, I definitely, the way I like to explain it to people who may not know is as an athlete, you're just constantly fueling for the workout and then refueling afterwards. And then it's just this cycle. So it's like, it's not, yes, it is what you eat, but it's more so when and why. So that part, I had to learn a lot about that. I wasn't doing that part. Um, I was actually under eating. When I first met with a nutritionist, I was under eating by like a thousand calories. Is that I had no idea. It, and is that something that's more common in women's sports versus men's sports or it's just No, I think just it's just random. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I think um I think it's just like a random thing. I think I thought I love breakfast, so that was never an issue. And lunch was kind of like, oh, if I get to it. And then dinner was a must. So I was like skipping this meal a lot. And it wasn't that I just never viewed it as fuel. I just kind of I just kind of went about my day. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, stupid. Well, That's okay, <laughs> so so nutrition you've gotten more focused on. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about, uh, things related to recovery? Yeah. So like my workout regimen is very much, um, you want to push it to a certain limit, but not overdo it. So it's finding that balance simul, um, connected to recovery and like what works for you. Um, for me personally, it's, it's, it's very much predicated on my sleep, which I've come to find out. Um, you know, things like Norma Tech and, you know, using the Hypervolt gun and, and sure. all that. Those are great. And yes, it can all like facilitate. But for me, if I don't have my sleep, it won't matter. So you're a big sleeper. Yeah. I mean, I try to be. <laughs> so before Whoop came into your life, what mm-hmm. were you doing around sleep? Sleeping. <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. So, okay. So you would go to sleep bed. Sleep was never a problem for me. So did you have any concept though of what was good or bad for sleep? No. Um, you just I, knew it was important. Yeah. I just knew. I knew I liked it. Like I knew... My body knew it was weird. I'm like game day. I'm like clockwork. Like when I take a nap, like my body just knows like, okay, you need a little bit more. Oh, interesting. You know? um, as I've gotten older, that's changed a little bit. But um, I've never, sleep has never been a problem for me. So I guess when I don't get good sleep, I notice it. And that was kind of a, t- like that was before whoop. That was like, I knew. I was like, oh, when I don't sleep well, I don't feel well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And for you, like, I mean, you've had this incredible career. Like you've literally won at every single level. Uh, you were on a college team that only lost four games. <laughs> Something it's pretty like that, absurd. Yeah. <laughs> what is, uh, 
what is it about winning for you? Like, is that something that you kind of always had programmed in or is it just the constant pursuit? Like, what yeah. is it? No, I think, um, I think in some ways it's always been programmed in. I think growing up, um, I mean, there's, there's stories in my family of me like cheating at every, like Candyland, <laughs> you know, like you name it, I was cheating at it. You know, and I think when you're younger, you don't know how to, right. you're just trying so hard to like have it end up go your way that, yeah, you cheat and you do things to, yeah. you know, or you're a sore loser. I was a, I was a, you're a sore big loser. time sore loser growing up. That was something I had to learn how to deal with. Um, classic story is a track meet, like four by one. I don't know. I'm probably like seven. Who knows? Yeah. And I'm like the fourth leg and it's, you know, they round the corner and I turn back to look to get the baton. And when I look back, I see that like everybody else has already passed and, and my teammates like the, so we were dead last. I took the baton, threw it on the floor, walked off. I was like, I'm not, why am I even finishing this? We're last. You know? Oh, wow. So obviously I had to, you know, not cheat and then also <laughs> learn how to deal with losing. And, um, but at the end of the day, I think it was just kind of in me from from day one and i just always was trying to win now at each level did you know you wanted to get to the next level like when you're in high school you're like i'm gonna be the best in college when you're in college you're like i'm gonna be the best professionally um I or never, was it not that yeah thought I out? no no not for me i think um you know it, uh, to be the best I, I don't know that those kinds of of thoughts really crossed my mind it was more like what i have found for me in my career it's more like what can i do to help us win and usually that's being like the best version of yourself. But for me, and this, it's totally played out this way. Like I'm a point guard. I'm definitely pass first. I'm definitely a leader. I'm like a corraller, if you will. Like yeah. that's definitely my role on almost every single team I've been on. When I'm out there, my goal is to make it easy for everybody else. And I found that like if I'm my best, the best version of myself in that, and then my teammates are then able to be their best versions, we're probably like good things are probably going to happen. And so that's really what I focus on. I don't focus on like, oh, I'm trying to get MVP or I want to be WNBA first team. I've literally never thought those things. You strike me as someone who's very process oriented. You know, it helps, like, yeah. I make a lot of lists. Yeah. So <laughs> because there's, I, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of uh, a lot of successful people and a lot of athletes. And I feel like there's sort of two camps of how people think about winning. Mm -hmm. One camp is it's sort of like the score takes care of itself. You know that book by Bill Walsh, mm -hmm. the, the the famous 49ers coach? And, and he's, you know, he had this philosophy that the score takes care of itself. It's not actually about focusing on the score. It's about focusing on all these little details that lead up to ultimately the outcome. Right. And if you just do all these little things well... It'll work out for you. Yeah, the outcome, the outcome happens. And then there's a second group, which I almost think of as like... A, it's sort of a, a visionary point of view, which is this this visualization of I'm going to be this best person 10 years down the road or 15 years down the road or whatever. And that to me is is also pretty incredible. It, it seems like those people have um, have pretty maniacal parents, too. Like if you listen to like Andre Agassi or Tiger Woods yeah, right or yeah. right, like there was something programmed there that was a little different, but it was also looking further out. Mm hmm. Does any of that resonate for you? The process part does, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, there's definitely an aspect of, like, I get my confidence from knowing, and, and well, I'll just finish. Actually, I get my confidence from knowing that I've, like, checked off the boxes totally. that I need to check off to play well. Now, is there, it's not always easy to, to, to figure out what those boxes are, and they change as you go through your career, but for the most part, um, you know, it's funny, I joke with, I have a strength coach, and I joke with her. It's like, I don't even need to be on the basketball court all that much. 
Like at this point, like I know how to shoot. Don't get me wrong. You got to be in rhythm. Totally. But I know how to pass. I know how to shoot. I know like, you know, the game of basketball inside and out. I just need to make sure my body is ready to go. Because like that. that's yeah. the vehicle for all that other stuff. Like that other stuff doesn't matter. So as I go through, currently I'm going through a rehab and as I as I go through it, it's like the basketball part. I mean, yeah, at the end, I obviously have to get on the court at some point and do basketball like things, but none of it will matter unless I check off all these other boxes. Yeah, that's a very whoop mindset too, is this idea of just like making sure that you're your body is optimal for the moment, less so than all these other things related yeah. to it. And sometimes I find that you know, you can trick yourself in a way, right? Like, um, an example, the way it would go is like, last year, it was the finals. We were in the WNBA finals. Um, we go on to win, but yeah, I got to admit, thanks. <laughs> I got to admit, when we got to that final series, like, I was not well. Like, just, it was a lot of games in a short period Your of time. Yeah, my body was was struggle bus. But, like, I still just, like, bus, I <laughs> kept the routine going. And even though... I mean, I felt like crap. I was able to almost like trick myself because that's, again, like I said, where I get my confidence from. I was like, nope, you did all these things. You'll be fine. You so, know, like you'll be fine. So let's talk about some of those of those things. So when you were in the in the finals, mm -hmm. right, What what what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? <laughs> um, I mean, I take the first step and I'm like, what's today going to be like? <laughs> and <laughs> in, in, terms of feeling, well, in terms of feeling yeah. how your body is. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, um, my... my uh, Achilles heel, if you will, is yeah. my left knee. So I have like crazy arthritis. I've had six surgeries on it, um, like mostly major surgeries. And so that like generally speaking, the rest of my body, it's okay. Especially for I'm about to be 39 in like a month. Like I'm doing all right. The rest of my body, that knee though, that knee's like 105. Yeah. So that first step is is the knee. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I get it. And And by the way, you look very young. Like, yeah, I get that a lot. I yeah, like you look like you're in your 20s. I I joke. I played in Russia for like yeah. 10 years. I play in Seattle in the summer. Um, there's no, my my face is not getting sunlight. It's just not. <laughs> you think that's, it's, that's I think that's secret? a part of it. Yeah. Because my girlfriend, Megan, plays soccer and yeah, right. she's had like crazy, oh man, I'm putting her on, I'm putting her on blast uh, right now. Yeah, she actually takes go. care of her skin. She does a great job, but she has crazy sun damage and it's just. Because constant, she's out in the sun all yeah, the time. Yeah, it's like a constant exposure. No matter how much sunscreen, it's going to sweat off. Does she wear sunblock during the game? She wears, I mean, she has a whole, a whole procedure. Routine. Yeah, yeah a whole routine. there's a whole situation happening um, to, to, to just even like counteract. Whereas for me, I'm like seeking the sun. I'm like, where is it? Yeah, right. I want it. <laughs> get me out in it. Yeah. Okay, so you get out of bed and you take one yeah. step. Yeah. You double click on your knee. Right. And if that's not feeling great, um, there isn't much that I change. I just know that, okay, today I might need to give like it, it's some extra love. So yeah. maybe sometimes I have a Norma Tech in my house. It might be that. It's just kind of like whatever I'm feeling. I might need to foam roll a little extra more, like that kind of stuff. And will you do that literally right after getting out of bed? No, I mean, no. So you'll take it'll a come shower. a little bit later. Yeah, it's more like I'm thinking more like, all right, I just got to the gym. We have practice. Okay. What okay. do I need to do to get ready for practice? Or you know what? Some days I will be like, raise my hand. And I'm like, I can't go today. It'll just be better for me not to go today. Good for you. Yeah, that took a while. That takes a long time. But see, time. that strikes me as the kind of maturity that you probably build up to over time. Yes, and there's a trust element. Um, if you're talking about a team's practice, you have to have there has to be trust there with you and the coach and with the team and with your teammates. So when when my team looks over and they see me sitting on the side or maybe I'm just on the bike pedaling, they're like, okay, like she couldn't go today. Yeah, it's right. not like oh slacker, you know. Now, how much though of that do you think you have to earn? 
Probably all of it. Yeah, because yeah. what's hard about being, I don't know, a year or two into the league is you haven't necessarily proven yourself on that level. Yeah. You could, you know, have the reputation of being that rookie who's going out a little too much yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so it's it's actually, you, you recognize how culturally that's tough too. It can be, yeah. Um, I mean, and then I guess like when you're 20, if you're a 21, 22-year-old rookie, like, do you need to sit out practice? Like, is your is so your, your argument would be you probably don't need to. You sit probably out. yeah. Your physical. I mean, don't be wrong. There's injuries that sure, happen, sure, but yeah, I'm not yeah. talking about injury. I'm talking to just about general maybe, management. Yeah, like yeah. the day before, you know, maybe, um, I went a little too hard, or I mean, there's been sadly there's so last year, health wise, I had a pretty good year, like it went well, but there were still three games I think where I woke up the morning of the game and I was like, I'm not gonna be able to go. Yeah, wow. Yeah, like one of them was kind of more of a, I got like hit the game before and my my back kind of spasmed. So that was different. That's like I woke up, I, I, like I was literally like, you know, like robotic. Like yeah. my back had spasm and, it's, you know, sometimes that takes. Yeah, just gotta, that's tough. It's got to run its course, yeah. yeah. But the other two games were my knee. It was like, ooh, something feels weird. And I found with my knee in particular, obviously it's very special to me, sometimes it just gets a little pissed off. Like it's, it's a little inflamed. Yeah. Or you just feel it. Yeah, you just feel it. And the best thing for me is to just shut it down Rest. for a day and then I'll be fine. But if I try to go through that day, I could it could linger for a week. Well, this is why you're still playing at such an elite level. I mean, you have to have such a relationship with your body. Yeah. Yeah. Let's you go back to. to the routine for a second. Okay. So you wake up in the morning. You talked about being someone who makes a lot of lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is that something you're looking at in the morning or what? <laughs> it just depends. The lists are more like, you know, my grocery store list or. So but, just but general management day, of your life. Yeah. So like today I had, I actually had an appearance that I had to go to this morning. Okay. And then after that I had, um, I'm still doing some, some rehabby physical therapy things. Sure. So I just hit that up. We're doing this podcast and right. then I have my actual workout after. So this morning. So that's like your calendar. Yeah. So this morning I just kind of sat down. I was like, Checklist. what clothing am I going to need? Okay. Like, <laughs> kind of plan the day. Yeah. Like, should I make my protein shake now? This is going to make me sound insane, but you know, should I make this protein shake now or should I like right before I go work out, go get it. This way it's <laughs> waiting for me. When am I going to eat lunch? I yeah. like to be, well, as it pertains to getting my workouts in, I'm not necessarily as regimented if I'm just like, I wake up that day and I just have stuff to do. Yeah. Like, I'll figure that out as we go. But, like, I need my workouts, that stuff, I need to have, like, my ducks in a row cause, or else I feel, like, stressed about it. So now that you're eating the right amount of calories, are yeah. you someone who are you <laughs> someone who um, tries to eat breakfast close to waking up? Yeah. I mean, I'm hungry, like, immediately. Like I said, breakfast is, like, my favorite meal by far. So I generally wake up, you know, do your morning routine, whatever that might be brush your teeth, yada, yada. And then, um, yeah, it's like coffee and breakfast almost right away. Are you someone who does any type of meditation or visual design? Yeah, I use Headspace, the Headspace app. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Um, uh, put has been on the podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I use that. That, And you do it every day? So, no. Um, I, when I was in season... I did. I tried to do it every day, and I, I was pretty close. And when you're meditating, do you picture yourself in the third person or the first person? Oh, first. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, like, seeing things. I don't see my body yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I actually do it in the third. Oh, interesting. But it seems you're, to like, be kind of— around in there? <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, looking down on myself. It's very, like— Oh. Yeah. No, I'm first person. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, I never even thought of it the other way. Yeah. You probably well, never thought of it the other way. Yeah, I've realized that asking people that it's different. Oh, yeah. Okay. And how much of it ends up being about 
basketball or exercise or sports versus just clearing your mind? Yeah, I think it's just clearing my mind. Uh, To be honest, I don't know what this says. I fall asleep like 85% of the time. Really? Yep. And I know. And you do it in the morning? No, it varies. Okay. That's the one thing I don't do is I don't do it the same time every time. Because like my schedule is kind of, I know you're supposed to. I think it's like better. On myself. <laughs> I think it's better if you do it in the morning, like right after you wake up. Because uh-huh. I find you're less likely to fall back asleep then. Yeah, that's true. I've so I did transcendental meditation, and the set you're supposed to do it twice a day. I almost never do it twice a day. I okay. always do it once a day. But when you do it the second time in the afternoon, mm-hmm. I find that's where it's it gets, easier to fall asleep. Yeah, and I know. And I bet if you do it after a workout or something, like yeah, it's just easier around to nap like, time. Uh, the voice it's so soothing all oh, right yeah he's got the voice too <laughs> he does have the voice uh okay so uh so you've eaten breakfast yeah uh and now at some point you have to go to the the arena yeah but like i will set my alarm early to have some chill morning time my chill okay, morning so time that's interesting. is like yeah so i actually i mean it, it would be easy for me to meditate at that point but I like to like catch up on my ESPN Sports Center. I like so you'll watch like, Sports Center. Yeah, I actually I watch Get Up. My uh, my cousin's a producer on it, so oh that's you know. cool. Well, it's actually my cousin's husband, but yeah. Um, but regardless, I think that would be. Do you my, like my seeing choice. yourself on Sports Center, or are you totally over it? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't mind it. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. A little da na 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 means I yeah. did something right, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully it means hopefully. I did something. Right. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, I catch up on my sports. I like to just kick it in the morning. I get, I like to have like at least an hour, seriously. So I will set my alarm early to make sure I get like some chill What time, time. are you typically waking up? It totally varies on like the rest of my day. Totally. But I, I, I don't so know. Say you have a game at, you know, 7 p.m. Yeah. So if we have a game at 7 p.m., that means we probably have shoot around 11. So I'll set my alarm at like 8.30. This gives me time to like get up, coffee, breakfast, sit. And then Do you think do shoot around's a good thing? Like I know you've done it for a very long yeah, time. Yeah. So... But it's putting additional strain on your body. I know. So, and if, if you're someone who's run <laughs> down, Sue. Yeah, it's really the sleep part. So, yeah, I've actually played for for pretty much every coach I've ever played for has has always done shoot around. And then we had a coach. Her it's name a Jenny staple. Busek. It yeah, seems like it's a like staple I know, and basketball. it's like find out why they invented it. It's gonna drive you insane. It's literally like the Lakers when like Wilt Chamberlain was on the team, and the co- we googled this. I mean, me and some some of my other teammates. And they literally had shoot around so Wilt wouldn't go out all night. Yeah, right. And you're it's, like, it's wait, like a, why am I doing this in 2019? It's a party tool. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, anyways. But yeah, coaches now, it's become part of their routine. They're checking a box. So anyways. So now that, so I played for a coach who didn't have shoot around. And her whole, the whole premise was to sleep more. Especially when you're a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, it can get funky. Because your shoot around time is going to be at 10, yeah. which is 7 a.m. So it's, and then, eh. It's yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so we never had shoot around that the whole year. It was optional. Oh wow! So players who needed the extra work, maybe didn't get the same game minutes as others, they could go use the court time. Totally optional, and yeah, I found that I felt amazing that whole year. Not having shoot around. Not having shoot around. Yeah. The other thing she did though was, in fairness, it was the combination. We didn't have any early morning flights, so we 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 fly commercial. Smart. Yeah, no early morning flights. And a lot of people are like, no, don't you want to just like get back home? And I'm like, no. What like what's the point of getting home at 9 a.m. if I feel like crap like, yeah, in the totally. entire day? You're yeah, a professional it was, athlete. Yeah, it was such a difference because I had played for every other coach I played for was always had shoot around. We're always on some early morning flight, and it really adds up. And I didn't realize it until 
that was all changed. But anyways, so now I play for a coach who we do have shoot around, but when we travel East Coast to the East Coast, he's way more lenient about it. Like, especially if it's like an earlier game, like he's not going to get us up or maybe we're on some sort of road trip. He's not going to make us, you know, he might change it. Um, and I think that might be where it's at. Like there is something so it's about the game planning part. Okay. So that, like a little strategy think, session. Yeah. I think it helps to get people up, not like up from bed, but just like to get them out of their house. Yeah. Because otherwise, that's the thing you fall, the trap you can fall into without shoot around. Just waiting all day. Yeah, For that's the game, true. some people just sit there. And I don't think that's actually good. I think you can like get really stale doing that. So I think there is a happy medium. Like if I were a coach, I would, based on schedule, have the shoot arounds if it was like, if it made sense from like a sleep standpoint. And I wouldn't have, and, and shoot around would never be straight. Like there would no be straight. There'd be no strain. It would be, I don't even care about the shooting. They call it shoot around. They, I don't know why. It's just game planning. So literally you're just all standing around on court talking a little bit. There's no, some stretching. No, you do shoot. You do shoot. Okay. but You, you do shoot. No, no, but in your world. In my shoot. world. Yeah. 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 I think you get a good stretch in. Nothing wrong with that. Right? Like yeah, wake your body your up a little, bit. a little bit. Yeah. Fire them up. Actually, the woman I work with calls it a firing session. So you fire yourself Great. up and then you do the game planning. Boom. 45 minutes. See you guys later. I think you've got, I've got, I've got a future in uh, coaching there. Yeah, I don't know. Haven't you been doing a little bit of coaching with the NBA as well? Uh, more front office. Okay. Yeah. So more like. It's like evaluating players. Yeah. yeah. Do you like that side of it? Um, or does it, it kind of freak you out talking about athletes that way too? No, no, no. It doesn't freak me out. Um, it's fun. It's, it's fascinating because it's, I mean, you're putting, it's a puzzle. You know, it's not just, if only if it was easy as, oh, yeah, this, is this guy's guy talented. Is this guy good or yeah. not? Yeah, it's like, it's how much how, does he make? <laughs> yeah, how does the person does fit? Yeah. yeah, how does the person fit? Oh, yeah, that too, personality-wise. Yeah, it's it's a lot of moving parts. Okay, so back to the day in the life of uh, Sue Bird on game day. You do uh, a shoot-around at, say, 11 a.m. Yeah. Okay. And for you, like, let's say you wake up and whoop says you didn't get a lot of sleep mm -hmm. and you've got a lower recovery than you'd like yeah. like how does that change what you're doing at shoot around um it doesn't it doesn't really change much because we don't really do much okay so that's not a big deal for sure yeah no how does it change your mindset leading up to the game it can be so that's the one thing with whoop was it, the biggest adjustment for me for whoop was um when does the information become yeah like a little bit of a mind game. Like affects you psychologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to like work through that. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know. I just don't think about it as much anymore. Got like it. it's, it's this tool that I like to have and use it, but simultaneously it doesn't need to, you don't want to get mental about it. It doesn't need to dictate. Right. And I don't know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know that there's much at that point. Like I do, I nap every day, any every game day. Okay. So you nap. That, yeah. That, that definitely helps. helps reset your oh, yeah. body. Or I'll coffee nap if... If I don't know if you know, describe like, a coffee nap for our audience. For this, no, yeah, so coffee naps are good because you can like squeeze them in. Yeah. Um, and basically, this is going to be in like total layman terms, so just work with me here. Yeah. Coffee, or I'm sorry, a nap like clears your brain, if you will, of all the like sleepy stuff. Yeah. And then it, so what you do is you drink a cup of coffee, and that usually takes like 20 to 30 minutes for the caffeine to kick in. And so you drink it. You try to, and in my experience, because people are always like, how do you just fall asleep? No, it's not like a magic snap of the fingers. But if you like put your phone away, you turn the lights out, you get in a dark room, I I would say 90% of the time fall asleep. Right. Yeah, I have a very, I have a high success rate with that. So yeah, drink the coffee, shut it down, close your eyes. You will fall asleep. You set your alarm for 20, 30 minutes, whatever works for you. 
when the alarm goes off, the whole premise is that the sleep has cleared your brain, if you will. All the sleepy stuff's gone. The receptors are ready to go. And then the caffeine kicks in and boom. Boom. It sets you off. And boom. It's not, yeah, boom. And then it blocks all the like sleepy stuff in there. So it's not like you get this crazy jolt of energy where you're like, up, I'm here, you yeah. know, up and at them. Right. But it does, it, there's like a longer lasting um, impact or effect of it. And I find that like, you know, usually you might get like a little bit of a lull later in the day. I don't get the lull. It just doesn't happen. And, but it's also a good way to get like a nice little nap, a power nap in totally. in a short period of time. Yeah. If you so, don't have like so if two hours. If your game is at seven, what mm-hmm. time will you try to do a nap like that? Or And, and will you do a coffee nap on a game day? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So usually when I do the coffee nap yeah. is, okay, follow me here. So yeah, if we right. don't have shoot around, okay. I've probably gotten up a little bit later. Right, right. So because you, you like, had your sports center time exactly. and you're chilling. Yeah, and... yeah, but I don't. I don't even need to set my alarm on those days. So I'll like let myself sleep to whatever because I nice. literally have all day. Which yeah. is nice. So because I've gotten up later, I don't feel the need for like a two hour nap. And I know this is like <laughs> my family always makes fun of me. They're like, "You nap for a living." This is like <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm punching the clock. That's like this part is of your important. Job. Exactly. Yeah. And I get it. A two hour nap is insane for people who have maybe a nine to five or if they have kids, it's like nuts. But for an athlete on a game day especially, a two hour nap is like fairly normal. But if it's you sleep definitely in, becoming more common. Let's yeah. put it that way. Like there's been a massive cultural shift mm-hmm. around sleep. Totally. I'm here for and it. You're I'm leading here for the every second too. of it. Um but yeah, so if I ha- if I got up at like nine thirty that day or ten even, I don't need a two hour nap. But you make coffee. But nap. I will coffee nap, and I'll try to do that, like right before I'm gonna go to the gym. So if the game's at seven, let's say I'm like in my car at five, I'll probably do it like somewhere in the fours, right? Like four, four fifteen. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. I will. I will already have showered. I will literally just need to get up, put my clothes on, and go. So it's almost like the pregame for going out the door. Yeah. Well, I always have coffee right before games. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like three hours or so before a game. So eh, you- maybe even less. So you'll have coffee three hours before. Maybe even less, actually. Like now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably like in the two and a half. Two and, I and know, a half hours. Two and a half, three. What's the difference? But there's no. A I mean, it starts to matter, yeah. right? Yeah. And and that's what's interesting about that is it strikes me as a like you're not actually feeling a caffeine high. That's more of just uh, hey, this is getting you to a certain place that you're always at. Yeah. It's pretty even keel because mm-hmm. other athletes yeah, you're I'll not talk jittery to or anything. I'm not anyway. Yeah, other athletes I'll talk to will literally take, you know, pretty serious amounts of caffeine before every game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what we have to work through with them is the sleep side of it. Yeah. Because if you take heavy caffeine at like 8 p.m. Yeah. And then you're performing in front of, you know, 20,000, 40,000 screaming fans, (laughs) right? It's hard to fall asleep before midnight. I know. The adrenaline, all of it. Yeah. No, it is hard. Game, Game nights are the hardest for sure to fall asleep. So, uh, okay, so you've done your your, your coffee nap. You mm-hmm. go to the stadium. Yep. What then? Um, so I've had my coffee. I've gotten over there. And then I have, like, a typical routine of, like, warming up, like some— Certain stretching. Yeah, shooting. certain stretching, how certain, long, like, activation. How long does that take? Not long. It actually doesn't take me that long. Um, like I said, if the game's at 7, I'll be in my car by, like, 5, get there, put my stuff on by, like—and I'm trying to remember, by 5, 30-ish, we're all out on the court and we kind of have like a team thing. Yeah. Um, and with that is stretching, um, some activation, you know, uh, like a um, active warm-up. Um, 
you know, not, not just static stuff. And then you kind of start to add the ball to it, doing some ball handling, getting some shots up. From there, I go and stretch a little bit more. I do like my foam rolling routine. I get the lacrosse ball out, all that stuff. Yep. And then at that point, you have like, or I have like a 20-minute just like moment. And that's actually when I use a supplement called Vitargo, which is like a fast-acting carb. Cool. Yeah. So, we'll put that in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Vitargo's bomb. Um, so take some of that. And cause it's that's, a powder or something. Or? Yeah, yeah. You like shake it up. Yeah, it's basically it's basically carb. It's a carbohydrate, okay. and it's just a way of getting that carb without having to eat it. And how long that can have, make you feel full? Right. And how yeah. long has it been since you've been doing that? Uh, probably like thirteen years. Oh wow. Oh yeah. It's my loyal little, customer my secret. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but it's great. I have that pregame, and then I have it at halftime also. Oh wow. Yeah, and you can. I mean, it's so, how much you can take without feeling full. Do you think that's in part how you got away with the less calories thing? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I only do it on game day. You can do it. You can feel your workout like every day. I personally feel fine that I only need it on game days. And if I'm having like a – if like I'm in national team training camp, I'll do it every day. Oh, interesting. But, but for the most part, my workouts aren't like crazy, crazy hard. Like they're usually just like a slow build. So I don't necessarily need it. What are what are the tricks to uh, preparing a knee that, in your words, is 105 years old? Yeah. Um, she needs to be warm. She okay. needs to be very warm. Um, there's not, like, a trick. I'm trying to think. Like, I don't use any, like, Chinese medicine stuff or, like— Do you put any creams on it? No creams. Like so a lot of it's just getting it warm. Yeah. Like, you have to find out what works for you, you know? Um, Rolling. Yeah. I, I, I do know for a fact that— See, this is also part of the checklist. If I keep my quad strong, then that's going to take the brunt. Yeah, strength for me is key. So there will be even times where, like, if I'm feeling a little creaky, I'm like, all right, I need to do some extra. And I do all my workouts, I would say a large percentage of them are just body weight. So, or I use cuffs now, the BFR stuff. So, What's that? BFR, yeah. blood flow restriction. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. very in right now. Oh, yeah, it's, it's amazing, especially for someone like me. Who like like we're pounding is going to impact. Oh, interesting. Like my yeah, like I said, I just have a very arthritic knee, so any type of pounding I need to limit. So, so. you'll do blood flow restriction around like your quad, for example. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You put it on both your quads and then like do around both your legs. Yeah, I mean lunges, all that stuff. Again, like I mentioned earlier, like I have people, I have like a team of people that that help me. Yeah, you know be who I am on the court. Um, and the best part is I don't have to think. <laughs> so they they <laughs> they map it out show. for me. Yeah. Like I could show you my workout right now. It's literally like all pre- it's like basically just told telling me what to do. And when you do a workout like that, are you doing it with someone or often alone? Um, often alone. Yeah, because so the people that's more disciplined. Yeah, it can be tough. It depends. Every now and then I'll have people with me, but often alone. Let's go back to the blood restriction for a second. Yeah, sure. So, how long have you been doing that for? For a year, a little over a year. And what kind of differences have you noticed? So, this is unique to me. So my knee. You know, not just old, it doesn't straighten all the way. It doesn't bend all the way. Right. It's really the straightening all the way that can be problem uh, troublesome because you can't, I can't get all my muscle. I don't have that extension that like you're going to finish, you know, when you do like when you flex your quad, I can't like get it all the way there. So that just, it, I just, it's harder for me to build muscle. It's just the reality. And what I found with the BFR stuff is not only that you can, you do less and still get similar results. Um, it actually gives me like a, for a lot, I have no other word I could think of like girth. Like it's gonna, I'm gonna get stronger. You might not be able to see it, but it's it's gonna build 
in there. Describe quickly what the setup looks like for our listener. It literally, the ones I use, and there's all kinds yeah, of sure, different. Yeah, sure, the one you use. Um, it literally looks like you're going to take your blood pressure. Yeah. So you strap it on, and like I said, it goes around like very close to like up your thigh. It's like very close to your groin, I guess. And you clip it in just like you would if a doctor was taking your blood pressure and get to pumping. And it's all measured, right? Like they measure your leg before you get the cuffs. And then um, you're able to, based on like, I think it's like based on your pulse, they kind of map it out. And then you know like how much you have to pump it. So it's like a whole thing. Yeah, it's a, it's whole, a whole production. Yeah. And uh, and the, the thinking being that by restricting the blood flow, you're putting more. I actually don't even know, but I can tell you it works. <laughs> yeah, you're putting more pressure on your muscles without having to put the same amount of weight on yeah. your muscles, right? Oh, that's, yep. the, that's the that's idea. That's the thinking. So it sounds it like works. that works. Yeah, you can use them for recovery as well. I actually got a cloth pair. Cloth meaning like, they're, you, and I swim with them on sometimes. Interesting. You swim. Yeah. That was my doctor's idea. My, our team doctor. He was like, why don't you just try the cuffs in the pool? And we were all like, oh, good idea. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like a random brand offline. The, the blood pressure cuff, you wouldn't want to get those wet. So we had to like go find a different kind. Got it. They're basically just straps, to be honest, that you pull tight. Okay. So, uh, so stronger. Uh, let's go back. You're now, you're now at the game. Mm-hmm. It's game time. That's when the adrenaline kicks in. Adrenaline kicks in. Has that ever diminished for you yeah it has um i mean you've been gonna sound you've been competing it at a really high level for a really long time yeah, or no. you've just been competing forever there's days <laughs> everybody has days um i feel like this whole podcast is making me sound like an insane person so i'm just gonna add it to the list no you sound totally reasonable <laughs> totally, totally reasonable, reasonable i was like oh my god this girl's crazy no um i have found that in the moments where because because the, the interesting thing about a basketball season is the games come quick. We play a lot of games in a short period of time. And it's like game, 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 game. And it can be hard, like the lulls of the travel or the lulls of whatever. It can be hard to, like, get up for, you know, regular season game number, you know, 15. You you know, you didn't, you're not quite at the start. We're still excited, but it's not the end either. And, yeah, you know every game is important. But um, I found that I've had to, like, kind of create different um like motivational kind of like i don't know like oh what if i'm totally making this up i'm trying to think of a good one. Oh, like what if uh the national team scouts are in the audience like how would you feel then i love that and you have to i kind of like tell myself stories and i find that like the adrenaline picks up and adrenaline masks everything so there what, it is wasn't that like 100 percent michael jordan's playbook i have no idea was it yeah, like totally. Stuff. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he would be he, like, this person said this about me. Yeah, he like would that, just right? come up with these reasons to annihilate <laughs> teams on, like, a Tuesday night. Yeah, that's and, funny. Uh, but it sounds similar to what you're, what you're describing yeah. in that you're just finding these little motivations to keep pushing you. Yeah. Usually it's like, you know, um, it comes in the form of, like, people watching. Like, oh, what if your nieces were—I have two little nieces who are six and four, you know? And, you and I'm like, yeah. To, I'm like, what if my yeah. nieces were here? You know, how would you want to play in front of them? And I find that I get a little more excited when yeah. I kind of think, I'm like, oh, this is exact. I would feel this if they were here. And I try to like steal that. Right. <laughs> and keep it. And then, you know, when the NBA finals rolls around. Yeah, that's easy. That's easy. Yeah. I mean, when I, t- so this little like tactic or whatever, I really only have to use it like a handful of times. You know, usually there's enough. There's enough because I understand the importance of of each game. So usually there's enough. But I mean, there's not the saying fake it till you make it for, you know, for a reason. Sometimes I think for me as an older player, I got to fake it a little bit at the start 
and then eventually my my like I don't know my training or whatever just, just kind of takes over. Your yeah, instincts. And it, it keeps me up. Maybe God forbid someone goes past you and scores. You, yeah, you no, tell well, that's yourself, different. I mean, that yourself. happens a lot, sadly. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so uh, game ends. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you end the day? Yeah, game ends. Got my protein shake ready to go. Uh, definitely trying to eat like as soon as possible. But obviously, you have to shower. We don't. I like to go out to eat. It's kind of like a uh, exhale. So shower, go to dinner, usually with my teammates or whoever's cool. around. Yeah. And then just go home. I mean, when I was younger, this was a totally different answer. But um, now- What would you do when you were younger? I mean, we, I was just talking about this with some friends. It's like being an older player in a league is so fascinating because nobody's your age. And so your peer group has either retired or- Right. Actually retired. Yeah, like, like they've, all retired. they've all retired. Yeah. Where so it used to be like, ooh, who are we playing tonight? Oh, so and so and so and so are on this team. Hey guys, what are we doing tonight? You know? Yeah, and like it was let's like, go hang out. Yeah. Now it's like I have friends in the league, don't get me wrong, but it's just there it's not my peer group, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, <laughs> it's I get not the it. homies. So it's much easier to be like, What are you guys doing? And then be like, Nah, I'll just get home. I'm t- I'm yeah. Okay, I'm so tired. You, so you get home. Do you have any routine before going to bed? Um, uh, no, anything I'm definitely about like your a TV bedroom, any, any tricks to sleeping? No. You seem like a good sleeper. Yeah. I, I can fall asleep like in seconds. You're a zero minute sleep latency oh, yeah. person. Oh yeah. My latency is like, yeah. <laughs> she points at her phone. <laughs> like it's, it's, uh, Megan has a whoop also. She's not as much of a, she's not nearly as disciplined. So it's kind of funny the difference in our usage, but, um, yeah, my latency is like, bam. I fall asleep in seconds. Are the two of you on a team together? No, we're not. No, we should we're not. put we should yeah, put we should you guys a on a team together. Yeah, and then you can text each other before <laughs> games and stuff. Hey, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. don't or, worry. Hey, I'm you're in the green. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey. So what's it like having a partner that's competing at the highest level too? Um, it's great. It's got to be yeah, refreshing. It's right? nice. Yeah, you can talk about things that you know each person has a, a true understanding of. Um, you can vent. And it's nice to have somebody either be able to kind of commiserate with that vent or be like, hey, listen, you're acting ridiculous right now, you know, and you trust that it's coming from a place of, I don't know, experience. We've both kind of experienced totally. all of it. So it's it's great. And then, you know, t- I mean, when I do work out with somebody, it's usually Megan. Um, That's it's cool, nice to, isn't it? Yeah, it's really nice. It really is. Our schedules hasn't hasn't allowed for it much this summer for obvious reasons. Um, and I kind of yeah. miss it. It's nice to have like a partner, you know. How'd you guys meet? Um, so she plays in Seattle also. We have, so like the story goes, she plays in Seattle also. We have the same, we're in the same agency, Wasserman. Oh, nice. But it really wasn't until we crossed paths at the Olympics in 2016 where we were like, we should be friends. Yeah, right. And then like the rest is history. That's awesome. Yeah. And what, what was it like for you watching uh, what the U.S. women's team did? Yeah, it was incredible. I actually got to go for the final, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah that I was saw like, some of the photos. It looked really fun. Yeah, it was fun. That was like the one silver lining to being hurt this summer. It gave me the time to to jet out there. Um, so it was great. I mean, obviously couldn't be more proud, more impressed, just both from a, you know, off the field. I'm sorry, on the field play, yeah. right? Like so much pressure. The team killed it. Megan killed it. And then, of course, off the field, just the way she's represented and carried herself. It's been a lot of fun. No, it's been amazing. Now, you've experienced uh, that, like, moment of bliss of winning. Yeah. Right? It's nice. <laughs> is that the the drug for you that keeps you coming back? It is. It totally is because you, there's no other time. I've not found other things that, you know, can can 
make you feel the way that that feels. It, it and there's it's funny because the sad part of it is, and there's the other thing you learn with experience. It's like it's so hard to get there. You get there. It's this amazing feeling. It's like a rush, and it really only lasts like that night. Yeah, it's you like know? twelve and I, hours. Yeah, and I always tell my my younger teammates. I'm like, especially last year, it was like. You need to enjoy, or even Megan at the World Cup, like tonight, tonight is the night. Tonight's like make night. sure you yeah. are like living it up because you try to recreate it the next night. And like, don't get me wrong. It's fun yeah. and it lingers and it yeah, lasts, yeah, yeah. but it's never, nothing is ever quite like, that, like the night you win. That moment where you weren't sure you were going to win and you had to push Just, to win. Yeah. The minute things. the sound, you know, the, the buzzer sounds to probably like. I mean, probably like 4 a.m. or whatever. <laughs> I know for, for us, we had to, um, last year in the WMA finals, we had we played at Washington and we won. And I think our flight was like at 8, 8 a.m. So the bus is like at 6. And it was literally like from whatever time to like 5.30. But there's really no, it's just nothing like it. Like yeah. you're on cloud nine, everybody's happy, you're all celebrating. It's this amazing feeling. And again, you try to recreate like the next night or, you know, we had a parade in Seattle, which was wonderful. It's never like that night. Not in my experience anyways. And do you think that's the thing that that's driving you that 15th game of the season in the back of your mind at all? Um, no, I don't get too I don't I don't want to get I guess too you're, ahead of you're myself. too process oriented. Yeah, we covered I can't. this. You're very yeah, process yeah, yeah. oriented. That'll stress me out. So seeing uh Megan win in that moment, mm-hmm. did you feel like a tenth of the, the feeling or not? Um I was more nervous. Yeah, but yeah. Um I don't feel nervous when I play. Like, but you were nervous watching her play. Yeah. Because I have no control. Isn't interesting? (laughs) Yeah, right. Right? Like when you're a player, you have some control. You're in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you might be nervous, I guess. No, I don't really get nervous as a player. I get a little more like anxious, I guess. Sure. Um, But not nervous. But yeah, watching Megan like kick a penalty kick. Yeah, I'm really nervous. Yeah. Because I'm like, that looks really hard. I hope she does well. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah. So yeah, I was a lot more nervous. But simultaneously, like very confident in them. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a nice. So when they won, I was like. They had a bit of a swagger. Chill. Yeah, totally. Are you kidding? Have yeah. you met them? <laughs> yeah. They had a bit of a swagger. They're to full say the of least. it. Yeah. Full of swag. Yeah. Uh, who gets more sleep? You or. Uh... Megan. Oh, really? She's like a beast. Yeah. Good sleeper. Really? I fall asleep faster. She gets more. And how many hours are we talking? She can go. I think I wake her up, sadly, for her. Yeah. Um, She can go. If like, if she's like on the road. You know, so she's by herself. Um, I'll, I'll like wake up and I'll be like, good morning, text, you know, and then it'll be like two hours later. It's like, I don't know, 11 where she is maybe or 12 where she is. Let's say she's on the East Coast. Yeah. I'm like, where is this bee? And then all of a sudden I know she's like, oh my God, I slept 11 hours. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, this, this is why you need the, the team page on Woo. Yeah, no, it might make her. me feel bad about myself. Yeah. Yeah, no, she sleeps. She sleeps. Now you mentioned texting. Mm-hmm. For you, I mean, You've been um, playing at a really high level for ever, but like it, the whole cell phone, social yeah, media thing has changed, changed a lot, mm-hmm. right? Totally. How has that affected you? How do you think about it? Um, I mean, I'm definitely addicted to my phone. Um, Although I would expect you to have a more thoughtful addiction to your phone. I don't know. Than your average like 22 year old. In the I don't end. know. I'm okay. around all the 22 year olds. I know. So I d- the one thing I will say is the thing I noticed the most about this generation with their phone or this like up and coming generation. And I know it's like sidebar note to listener. I know I, I talk like I'm like 50. I know I'm still like fairly young. It's just in my sure. world. Yeah. I'm so I'm always talked about as being old. I've totally. like taken on this. Totally. This lingo. But anyways. 
being at dinner with a group of 23, 24, 25-year-olds, the, like, the lost art of conversation. I mean, these, these kids, like, do not know how to have a conversation. They don't know how to, like, throw it back, you know? You'll be like, oh, hey, so where are you from? And they'll be like, I'm, I'm from Michigan. You're like, throw it back, you know, like ask me yeah. or let's keep this going. <laughs> they like don't know how to, it's so bizarre. They're all going to kill me if they hear this, but it's so bizarre. It's like really hard to find, you know, and it, but they so easily can, can be on their phone and they keep their phone at dinner. It's constantly out, which, which I'm guilty of that at times too. But for the most part at dinner, nah, I can put that thing away. Yeah. The other thing they do that like blows my mind is the amount of FaceTiming. They'll just like FaceTime to be like, what's up? I literally tell them, I'm like, Unless you are in jail, do not FaceTime me. Yeah. Like, I'm not answering. I don't want to just, like, see your face and say hi. Huh. But and they that, will. They'll just FaceTime. And you think that's somewhat generational. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, they grew up with these phones. And, I mean, now I'm really sounding like an old person. Yeah, but right. I, I get it. On some level, I get it. It's, like, what they know. But I'm, like, the part, the part, the part of, like, lack of conversation is tough. Do you think any of it's they're intimidated by you? No. I don't. <laughs> you kind of, yeah, at this point. I'm like, I never even thought of it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. They know me. I've been with them now for, like, years. But you're, like, the star, too. Nah. You don't nah. think it's a thing? No, I don't. I cell really phones. don't. I now, phones. <laughs> uh, are you looking at your cell phone up to the second you fall asleep, up first thing in the morning, all these things? Definitely first thing in the morning. Do you change your usage at all? Like, like okay, monitoring. it's the day of the NBA Finals, or it's WNBA Finals. Yeah. Like, No. Um. So, yeah, during the playoffs... I what I ended up doing was um, taking all my social media apps and like putting them in a folder and putting it on like the back page. So you so try, just to, made try it, like, to avoid it. Yeah, it just made it harder to get to it. And this way, I, I found instantly I was not checking it as much because like oh I got to swipe so much. It's funny. There's all these little hacks to things like that. Just putting apps in different p- locations on your phone. Yeah. Turning off notifications changed. My I don't phone have my usage. notifications on for social media. For text messaging and all that, yes, of course. Yeah. But for social media, I no turn them off for everything except messaging and phone calls. Um. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have it on for anything. Yeah. Maybe but, like a Nordstrom. But by the way, but. you and I are totally Nordstrom. <laughs> <laughs> like you and I are totally in the minority on that. Oh really? Yeah. Every. I mean, people are getting notifications left and right. Oh no, that would drive me nuts. Yeah. No, I don't like that. I'm also like, again, this is add this to the Sue sounds crazy list. I, when it, there's like a notification or like oh like what is it called you know it's like if you have messages it says like two that little bubble thing Hmm. get rid of those immediately i cannot have any on my thing it drives me nuts well that's in part why you turn off notifications because then you don't get those little bubbles yeah i get anxiety sometimes looking at friends phones and it's just like all these little bubbles across the screen it's like three thousand emails i'm like what are you doing with your life (laughs) (laughs) this is my sister i was like you have two thousand five hundred fifty two unread messages i don't get it yeah, She's no, like, no, I got to save yeah. them for later. I also don't have a job that requires the whole, like, need to read my email thing. So that's partially why. I don't even have notifications for my email. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I don't need to. Yeah. I can, like, check it when I check it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else from a recovery performance standpoint have we not covered? covered. Um, I mean, I've tried. Like, what are some things you've of, tried that yeah, like, didn't work for Yeah, like, I've tried float tanks. And didn't um, do much. Yeah, I only did it, like, twice so maybe i didn't give it like enough of a okay we'll give that a soft pass what about uh a cryo i do cryo you like cryo yeah i do i do and i'm not an icer i don't ice my thing with cryo is it definitely like i see a positive result Mm -hmm. in my whoop data when i do it okay which is cool yeah 
But I think the business model around it's kind of flawed. Now, you probably don't don't have an issue with this and that everywhere you go has cryo. But like for the rest of us, you know, normal folks, it's just like it's a weird experience going to this thing, paying like $200 for three minutes. $200? Or whatever it is, $150. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I go. Yeah. I need to move to Seattle. Yeah, maybe this is a Boston (laughs) price or New York price. Uh, Because that. Like, I think it should be some kind of a subscription where you can just go as much as you want. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah. Yeah, you pay for a month and it's unlimited. Yeah, so that's different than okay. what I'm Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to pay for that either. Oh, yeah. no, you have to be cost effective with all of this stuff. Well, it yeah. It has to be worth But I also too. think it has, you have to build a routine into it. Like your point about float tanks, you only did it twice. It's yeah. kind of hard to know, mm-hmm. right? Totally. Whereas with cryo, if you can actually, and again, I look at this through Whoop sometimes, but if you can look at okay, here's a month of me not doing cryo. Mm-hmm. And then here's a month where I do it between three and five times a week or something. Then all of a sudden you've got a comparable yeah, got data, data set and yeah. you can make some kind of an informed decision. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, I, do, I do cryo enough to know that, and we're talking like once a week, it's not crazy. Enough to know that like, I think, I, I think there's something there, so I'm going to keep doing it. The minute I feel like something's not working, I'm out. Will you just do it at random Yeah, days? my like I said, yeah. my strength coach will like... Put it in a schedule. I'm trying to think. Oh, infrared saunas. I'll I'll hit up every now and then. It's actually at the same place as the cryo tank, so that's easy. Um, that's like they say it's good for people with arthritis. Um, like I said, I keep calling her a strength coach. She's actually like more like sports performance. Her dad uses it because um, he's older, obviously. He's cool. a dad, and he has crazy arthritis. So she's like, and he loves it. I was like, all right, I'll give it a go. So it's nice to be warm. Feels good in there. Uh, what else have I done? <laughs> I'm like, literally, I've tried everything. Uh, and supplements and stuff? Sounds like you got the... Yeah, actually, so one interesting one that I noticed as it pertains to Whoop, you reminded me when you were talking about um, the cryotank, was I use this product called Resync, and it's um, it's essentially like a recovery powder. Okay. So it's, I mean, you could look up to see what's in it. Sure. It's like berries. We'll included in the show yeah. notes. So boom, I drink it. When I drink it before, it can be used like post-workout, but I found that I just do it like right before I go to sleep. And I find that my sleep numbers are way better when I'm using it. Interesting. Yeah. And it's just, all it is is like a anti-inflammation, like, or, you know, something. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. And it, I sleep so much better. Or like, it's not even, I don't even know that I'm getting more hours per se. It's like the sleep is better. Oh, yeah. I noticed immediately. I was like, oh, my God, my numbers are way better when I do this. Oh, interesting. What are some other things where you've seen better numbers? Better numbers? Um I'm or worse numbers. I'm like, I know when I see the worst numbers. Like alcohol. And alcohol. Holy moly. Holy moly. I'm sure Megan winning had no effect on your recovery. (laughs) Yeah, right? Exactly. No, zero. All those times we win championships, take the whoop off. Um, Yeah, yeah, no, I think, you know what I found with the whoop more than anything? Like, it's kind of like you probably know what's bad and what's good, and alcohol is the best example of this. You know, it's like you're not sleeping great and you're waking up feeling like crap. To see numbers, it just, like, validates that. And so I think for me personally, seeing the number – now I'm like a little more reluctant. I'm like, or I should say I'm more thoughtful around the times I'm going to quote let loose or like have some drinks and like. Yeah, know, it makes it. you be very focused about totally. when you're doing it and why you're doing it. Totally. Like I was just before we came on the podcast telling you it was my friend's 40th. And simultaneously to that, it was just like a weekend of fun at a friend's house where almost like a reunion of sorts. And I, yeah. I literally said to myself, I'm going all out. 
I'm not going to think about food. I'm not thinking about alcohol. I'm doing whatever. Flip cup, Beirut, you name it. <laughs> and then when I get back to Seattle on Monday, which is where we are right now, yeah, right. Um, it's go time. So I, I don't plan on like drinking. I plan on getting back on my nutrition tip for like the next like, I mean, I'm going to start slow with like two weeks, right? Like my workout world. Like today's going to be a hard day. So it means I'm you know, I'm I'm coming off pick and rolls and I'm doing a lot of jump stops and I'm cutting, you know, like all this like, act, you know, like I'm maybe I'm doing sprints and there's all kinds of running and cutting and, you know, and and shot making, but also just like a lot of, movement. A lot of movement. Yeah. And that would be like considered hard for me because of my knee. Right. Like I'm doing all this movement. I can do a workout like that and get, you know, X amount of strain. What does it look like typically in strain the terms? Strain? Um... I don't know. I do multiple workouts. Sometimes it's like I can't. I don't know. So you don't know. Maybe like 13, 14. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Um, I, mean, I could look it up right now. Um, but then I could turn around the next day and it'd be considered an easier basketball day for me. Not literally the next day. I just mean like another day. Like, hey, today is just going to be, and we call it volume shooting. You're just going to go out there. I want you to make, you know, from from five or six, seven spots on the court, make 10 twos. You know, then go and make 10 threes. Or maybe I'm doing something where it's like, all right, you have to make eight out of 10 from a spot before you can move on. All stationary. My strain will be higher. And that's when I was like, wait, what? And I realized, or that was the first time it was really put in front of me that like your your heart rate, you know? Yeah, like from a cardio standpoint, that can get your strain up, but like actual stress. So if I'm doing a shooting drill and I have to make eight out of 10 and I can't get it, it's going to stress me out, right? Yeah, right. And that's when your strain can also increase. It also makes you realize probably the stress of a game. Yeah, that too. That too. And that's actually the one thing I've never done. We're, we're technically not allowed to wear the whoop during games. Some girls like tape it up. Yeah. But I don't like stuff on my wrists. Have you I'm ever tried the arm games. sleeve? No, I've never tried it, but we wouldn't be able to wear that either. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, well, like you a know, sleeve, you mean? Like the sleeve yeah, sleeve. Yeah, yeah, No, sleeve. yeah, I can't wear it. It would bug me. It would bug you. Yeah. So the one thing I don't have is my game data, but... Oh, uh, um, game data would be interesting. I know. I already know what it would be. It'd be, it'd it's be strained out. It's probably Yeah, it's be stressed probably out. Yeah, but that really blew my mind. I was like, I don't get it. Like, I literally just stood there and shot. But because it was but like... You're, but because you're focused mm -hmm. and you're animated yeah. and you want to make shots. Yeah, and I'm like and... getting mad and... Totally. It's funny. We've wow. we've worked with some athletes that talked about how blown away they were by the strain of interacting with fans. Yeah. Because you got all these people screaming. It's, it tends to be younger athletes, too, uh -huh. that aren't used to it. You're probably, like, totally used to it. Yeah. But they're screaming at you, and you want to make sure you sign everything, and there's yeah. cameras. And that. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, my, and if you do that for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, yeah. your body actually may have a response. I had to babysit my nieces. Oh, which there you in, go. Which, in, like, that was, like, I had to cook them dinner. I had to, like, entertain them. At the end of it, I pick up my phone. It was like, your whoop has detected activity. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but it was stressful because I was like, don't touch that. Watch that pot. It's hot. Like, yeah, don't yeah, touch yeah, the yeah, oven. Yeah, don't yeah. go near it. I don't know. Uh, we, we, get, uh, we get requests to add a bunch of different activities, like some being like chores. <laughs> or yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. Usually I just go, if I don't know what to call it, I'm like functional fitness. Yeah, there you go. Or other, obviously, but Yeah. Well, new fitness. activities coming for those listening. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you said um, on a summit, athletes who don't embrace data are idiots. <laughs> Expand upon that. I just think it's more about kind of the whole old dog, new tricks thing. I just think if you're an aging, maybe not the best word, if you're an athlete who is like getting older in their field, if you're not open and data being one of those things, if you're not open to all the new, yeah, you know, just knowledge available to you like what are you doing totally you know like 
are you still having pasta parties before you're like, that was like the big thing <laughs> yeah, like right. with my soccer team in high school. We have these like pasta, you know, like carb loading pasta parties. Right, it's like, right, right, right. are you still doing what you were doing? And like, for me, it'd be like in 1995. No, that would be crazy. Yeah. Like what, what? So I just think for people that are opposed to it, I respect, I really do. I respect finding what works for you and wanting to stick with that. But I think like some of this is just about, I don't know, you got to let go. And kind of open, again, we were talking about like open your mind to these new things because it could actually help you, like dramatically help you. And that's what's so great about having older athletes playing nowadays because I think people start to like follow suit. I already see it in my sport. Yeah. Um, people coming up to me and asking me like, well, what have you been doing? Yeah, totally. And now they're like getting on the same, you know, getting on board, same train. I would totally be a sponge around you trying to absorb all yeah. of it. Now, who are athletes that you look up to or you've done this with? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if I had like a million dollars to blow, I'd be doing exactly what LeBron's doing. Yeah. Like exactly. Whatever he, I would follow it. Same with like Tom Brady. You know, there's a reason. It's not part of it. You know, we said part of it is like genetics. You know, some things you just can't counteract. Right. But I don't know. Some of it is also being smart and taking care of things. Um, so those are and those sacrifice, are two right? Like I, I oh, think yeah. that those two guys in particular, the headline is they spend millions of dollars on their body, mm-hmm. but the the behind the scenes is how much work it requires to to recover like that for that long a period of time. Yeah, like we've done it for my work, LeBron and his trainer Mike Mencius, mm-hmm. and it's amazing how dedicated they are to recovery. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, my only not argument to that. It's not an argument. The the what the money part does is um, make it easier. Totally. You know, it just yeah. makes it a little more easier to be disciplined. Because like, if I could have a cryo tank and an infrared sauna and you know a stretcher, like literally and someone to stretch me and a massage, yeah, you know, like yeah. living with me, yeah. that would be like, yeah, recovery would be easy. Yeah. So there's elements to it. Again, not to like poo poo on them because obviously they're incredibly disciplined. No, no. no. Um, but the, it's like. Finding it for for other athletes um, who maybe make a little bit less, it can be a little difficult, more difficult. And what's next for you? Like, you know, right now, are you just focused on the next championship? Are you thinking further out? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to take it like on this. I, I I've been saying probably for the last four or five years that I'm on these like one year plans. It's like ask me in a year, ask me in a year. So right now, the one year plan consists of. Getting healthy. Just had surgery a couple months ago. And it went um, well. Yeah, it went well. Yeah, it was it was. You tricky, looked though. nimble, by the way. Nimble. <laughs> you were b- bouncing in here. <laughs> You're back. <laughs> I'm back. Oh man, it's a good sign. It's yeah. better than the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. Probably just because I had coffee. Um, coffee nap or coffee? Just coffee. Just okay. coffee. I came from from PT. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, the surgery. So it was weird because I didn't like hurt myself. I didn't like tear something or break something or I had this like, for lack of a better, it was just like a growth that was um, the doctor's guess, like a, maybe a piece of cartilage, you know, broke off and it kind of lodged itself and it just got, I mean, your body does weird stuff yeah, and it just got layered with bone, layered, layered. Interesting, isn't Yeah, it? and I could feel it when it was in there and, I, and I, I've had it or I had it for like six, seven years or so. And it just got to a point where it got too big and they had to take it out. So what was weird about it is like, you know, usually if you tear something and there's kind of like this protocol, this was because that thing had been in there so long, it kind of like jacked some other areas of my knee up. 
Interesting. Not not jacked up, meaning like made them act differently, right? They yeah. weren't working yeah, the way yeah, they yeah. were supposed to. It worked with that the thing in there. Body is a fascinating thing. Oh my god, it's beyond. Yeah. It like it knew how to work <laughs> with that thing in there, but it didn't know how to work without it. So so this rehab was interesting because it was about getting all these things to like wake up again and be alive, and that caused some like you know aches at times, and right. and so it was interesting. But I've I, like I said, turned the corner. I'm I'm here. So that the year plan is to get ready for next year's WNBA season, get ready for the Olympics, hopefully. That'll our, be awesome. Yeah, and our national team is actually going to tour around this offseason. Oh, cool. Offseason meaning like fall, winter, spring. And um, play some, we're going to do a college tour against some college teams. Oh, that'll some, be interesting, right? Yeah, it starts November 2nd. So we'll play Stanford, we'll play Oregon, Oregon That's State, cool. Texas A&M, UConn, Louisville, all these teams. So we'll be bouncing around the country, um, getting momentum or building momentum for women's basketball now, for the Olympics. do you think you're going to kill those teams or will it actually be <laughs> like... So we should, like yeah. on paper, we should. But what's interesting is um, we literally meet for the first time on October 31st. And the game is November 2nd. So it's like... Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, you're... Right. So we're kind of using these games as practice for us because, you know, aside from just building momentum towards the Olympics, um, we want to train together. So we'll get some practice time. We'll play these games and we'll just see how it goes. Unfortunately, it'll only be a headline probably. If, if we lose. If I'm, it's oh, a little bit we're all aware of that. Yeah. And college players, man, they just... They really like to play hard. That's all they got. But you know so what? That's a fun <laughs> format to play around with, right? Because yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah, you know, like that—that's a. I think things like that are good in sports. Yeah, my my biggest thing, what I really want—I don't even know if I should say this publicly, but whatever—I want to play against the celebrities in the celebrity game at NBA All Star Weekend. Oh, I would love that. I think that's what needs to happen. So the celebrities, who's on that team? That's. I mean, like, it varies. So well, last year, we, by the way, we saw each other at at yeah, All Star. Yeah. You were coaching. I was the coaching team. It. Yeah, that's when I got the idea. So you want to have the women's national team? The women's national team play like we're playing. Uh, what was it? Ronnie Two K. Yeah. If you hear like me, Justin Bieber. <laughs> now he was in it a couple years ago. So like last year, it was like Ronnie Two K was actually on my team. Okay. Um, yeah, it was such an interesting experience. By the way, like. Some people were just like really entirely too serious. Yeah. And other people, um, actually, it was just that was the interesting part. <laughs> people were like super serious about it. Yeah. Um, which is a whole other podcast. Now, was that what um, Jay Williams played in? Yeah, he played. Ray Allen played. Those guys looked pretty good. Oh, yeah. They, they looked look, like they yeah. still got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did look good. Um, yeah, so I don't even would remember. You be able, so are you saying those two types of guys would be on the team? Well, are they celebrities or are they former NBA players? I'm asking you. <laughs> this is your game. Um, You're creating it. Yeah, I think the celebrity part is really because, like, listen, I'm I'm sitting. But here I think and, you're gonna kill a bunch of celebrities. Well, isn't that, that's kind of like that's why it would be fun. Well, whether we kill them or not, I just think this is this is the idea. So, in terms of pure entertainment, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be entertaining. I think right away off the bat, where you like, oh, I'd watch that. Yeah, I was definitely intrigued. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'd tune into that. Yeah. But then it's like, I'm not sitting here saying that we would beat Ray Allen. Like, yeah. he's a former NBA player. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm not. A lot of people think that women's basketball players, especially when we talk about, like, money and equal pay and blah, sure. blah, blah. Yeah. They think that we're saying that we're, like, better than the NBA, better than the men, and that's why. Or we're equal to. So equal to me is not always, like, the same. Like, no, we're not the same as them. But we should be treated equally. That's kind of the vibe. Mm. Um, with that. No, I don't think I could go beat Ray Allen. That's not what I'm saying. 
But like, I think a team of celebrities, because a lot of the flack that we get, like, interestingly enough, NBA players aren't the ones that are, you know, in the streets talking trash about us. It's kind of like your average everyday everyday Joe, which some of these celebrities on the basketball court are. So I think it'd be fun. And we'd see who'd be up for the challenge. I like that. We'll see. I doubt it'll happen, but a girl can dream. Yeah. Um, I've always thought that in the NFL, they should have the worst, and they'll never do this. Yeah. <laughs> they should have the wor- the worst team, like the team that finishes like 1-15, and 15, oh. should play the best college, college team. team. Yeah. Wouldn't that be super entertaining? That would be. It'd be uh, interesting. You know, I have to say, I was watching a bunch of highlights of you and WNBA, like, you know, and uh, I like the ball. The, oh, you do? Yeah, because you know what it does is it shows you the axis that the ball is spinning mm-hmm. on. And it makes, I, I mean, you guys already have beautiful shots, but it makes the the, the swish look like so much cooler because <laughs> of the way of it's, yeah, because yeah, you yeah, can't. Yeah. No, you it's can't, highlighted because it's different colors, right? Yeah, you can't tell the way the ball's rotating. And certain shots actually have different angles on it and mm-hmm. different people have different spin yeah. on it. Oh, definitely. Like you've got a real nice have. spin profile, I oh, realize. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the oatmeal and orange. That's the color of our ball. Yeah. Oatmeal and orange. Uh, well, this has been uh, this has been so much fun. Um, for people listening, where can they find you? And you know what's where am I? Where yeah. am I at? Um, well, I play for the Seattle Storm. Wait, what do you mean? Find me like on social media? Social or? media, oh, okay, okay, whatever. Okay. If you want to plug a website, plug a website? or some new no, just, new uh, initiative. I'm like what am I? I'm S Ten Bird. I think everyone knows who on play Twitter. For. Yeah, maybe not. And I'm sbird10 on Instagram. So that's usually, those Instagram's probably where I'm most active. Um, Twitter, I'm on every now and then. Those are my two. I don't do anything else. By the way, I think it's I think it's cool the way that NBA players seem to be rooting for the WNBA. Yeah, they're, um, I think if I had to like sum it up in like one sentence or paragraph or less, I think it's NBA players um, can appreciate good basketball and they're not threatened by us. And I Yeah, think, that's, that's probably a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I think there's like this, I don't know. Dudes, no offense to anyone listening or anyone in the room. Dudes like to size people up. It's just like I think part of their nature. And so they see a women's basketball player and they're like, huh, I could take her. Yeah, right. And that's what like your average guy does for whatever. I keep saying average. I don't mean to like put anybody down, but that's just kind of like what, (laughs) you know, a guy who maybe played in high school does. Whereas like LeBron James or, you know, all the dudes that follow us, like Kobe Bryant's into it, LeBron. I mean, really a laundry laundry list of guys they don't they don't size us up they can just see a basketball player and appreciate it for what it is they also seem to just genuinely love basketball yeah like genuinely enjoy watching it right at all i mean there's that as well yeah Yeah. but i think it's cool that that uh there seems to be kind of a genuine respect for one another yeah um there is have you spent a fair amount of time with nba players or yeah um most of that time being um at olympics so when we're at the Olympics, we we stay together. That's cool. Yeah. So we're around each other a lot. So then you get to know people and then you kind of create friendships that can, you know, go beyond the Olympics. That's kind of how it's gone for me. Is the Olympics like the coolest thing ever to compete in? Or how does insane. that compare to all the other things you've won? Yeah. So it's, it's different in that. Um, so this is the story I like to tell that kind of like hits it home. Sure. So what makes it different is not necessarily, and this is from a women's basketball standpoint, like because we have a league because a lot of us play overseas, um, the competition, and because U.S. has been so dominant, it's not just it's not just this like competitive tournament. And because we won, that's what makes the Olympics great because we're the best country. Um, actually, 
it's 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 our lack of training time that makes the competition diff- difficult. And yeah, when we get to the and semis together, and the finals, yeah. yeah, the semis and the finals is always tough. But like the early rounds, you know, I mean, listen, you could go look up scores, you know, that we, yeah. we kind of take care of business. Yeah. But what makes the Olympics different is, um, and again, I'll tell this through a story. Um, so it was my first Olympics, 2004. We won a gold medal and- Congratulations. Thank you very much. And we were, so we actually charter back to America and then we kind of all get to one city. And then from that city, I had to fly home. So I was flying from like wherever, I've never, New York. Sure. I was flying from New York to Seattle. So I'm on this flight, I'm in my seat and like, obviously I'm not checking the gold medal, you know? So it's in my carry-on. And at some point, um, one of the flight attendants comes up to me and she's like, hey, are you Sue Bird? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, do you have your gold medal with you? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, the pilots would really like to see it. And I was like, yeah, sure. The minute I took it out of my bag, it literally, it went from the cockpit with the pilots, like down the plane and back. Like everybody wanted to see this gold medal. Yeah. And that's when it really hit me. Like I already knew I was representing my country, but I was 23. It was new. Yeah. You know, like I got what the Olympics meant because to be honest, growing up, there was no WNBA. So for me, the Olympics was like the end all be all. And that's so when winning, I wanted to be. So, so you did have that feeling oh, that yeah. we had been describing. That, 100%. That 12-hour, 24-hour feeling of euphoria. Oh, no, yeah, 100%. Every okay. Olympics, I've had that. Okay. But it wasn't, I didn't, like, fully appreciate and understand what it meant to, like, represent your country until I was on that plane and everybody was going, like, ape over this gold medal. Like, rightfully so. And I was like, whoa. Because when you're a member of the Seattle Storm, you know, Seattle pulls for you. But when you go to L.A., they don't like you. Right. And when you're a member of the Yukon, you know, Huskies, yeah, everyone at Yukon loves you and anyone who ever went to Yukon loves you. Everyone else hates you. Tennessee hates you. <laughs> Duke hates you, you yeah. know? Yeah. But here, here I was, like, every American, every American was cheering for us. And that was, like, that was, like, mind-blowing. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, in terms of uh, some quick hits here, sure. what are your travel tips for people? <laughs> How do you fight travel, jet lag? I find that the minute you land, it's really beneficial to work out. It's really exercise. Yeah, something. It doesn't have and to it be. Can, crazy. By the way, it can be really light. Really light. Do something. Do you drink a lot of water or not so much? Um, I mean, no, not like a. I know on the I'm, spectrum of people who drink water. I'm on the lower end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get. I mean, I drink water, sure. but I'm not like counting. I don't carry around a jug or anything like that. What are some of your influences or people that you read or listen to? Um, like in terms of sports and stuff? Could be anything. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's What's <laughs> the last book that you read that you liked? Um, I'm I'm more of a fiction. Hit me, reader. Um, I'm currently reading The Wife. Okay. I actually read a book called The Wife. <laughs> I don't know if I have a follow-up question to that. No, you don't. Um, I actually read a book called The Wife, which was good. And then I realized, so I was on a plane and I saw this movie, The Wife. And it's like Glenn Close is in it. I think it's Glenn Close. Yeah, Glenn Close is in it. And I was like, oh, I want to watch this. And then it was like, oh, based on a book. And I was like, whoa, I need to read the book first. Because I heard the movie was good, but I didn't realize. So you're a person who, if you hear a movie is based on a book. You oh, need- I need to read the book first. Yeah, I will never read the book if I watch the movie. I just won't happen. I did that recently with um, Gone Girl. Yeah. Like right That's when the movie book. was about to come out, I was like, oh, I should read the book first. Yeah. And, and I it finished it book. about an hour before I went to the theater. Or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, book. it's a better book. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, so okay. I went and bought what I thought was The Wife. And then as it turns out, there's two books called The Wife. So I read the first <laughs> one, which was actually like, wait, 
maybe by this the person who, it was either by the same author as Gone Girl or like similar to Gone Girl in yeah, the description. Right, something right. it was kind of like a little, you know, weird like that. But it was good. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. I liked it. Now I'm actually reading the wife I intended to read from the start. So okay, so you've doubled down on that. <laughs> yeah, which is the movie. Um so I just started that. I'm like three or four chapters in. Uh, what's been the most relaxing vacation you've ever been on? I'm such a beach person. Um, like I said. When need sun. I need sun. I like crave it. So I've actually had my most relaxing vacations um, in, uh, I've gone to Turks and Caicos a bunch of times. Nice. And it's just a very chill island. Um, but I actually went to Cabo last year. Uh, yeah, last year. And it was very chill as well. Now, Cabo has a whole downtown situation if you're trying to do that. But for me, I just kind of like... Relaxed. Yeah, relaxed. But yeah, anything like beach or sun, that relaxes me. What's the lowest recovery you've ever had on work? Oh, God, like 2%. And what happened? I was drinking all night. Yeah, big night out. <laughs> big night out, huge night out. You probably had a green the day before. You won something. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had a, then you had a 2%. Yeah, that, that alcohol, man, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Well, Sue, it's been uh, it's been awesome spending time with you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. And thanks for being on Whoop. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Sue for coming on the podcast. And good luck to her as she prepares for next season and the 2020 Olympics. If you're not already a Whoop member, you can join our community for as low as $30 to begin. We provide you with 24-7 access to your biometric data as well as analytics across strain, sleep, recovery, heart rate variability, and more. The membership comes with a free Whoopstrap 3.0. We offer 6, 12, and 18-month memberships. The more you sign up for, the more you save. If you enter the code WILLAHMED at checkout, that's W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D, we'll give you $30 off a membership just for listening to this podcast. For our European customers, the code is WILLAHMEDEU, and that'll give you 30 euros off when you join. For our listeners in Australia, the code WILLAHMEDAU will get you 35 Australian dollars off your membership. And for our current members, you can upgrade to the Whoopstrap 3.0 and get access to all the new Whoop Live features by following the link in your Whoop app. If you're out of contract, you'll literally get the 3.0 for free when you commit to another six months. Check out whoop.com slash thelocker for show notes and more, including links to relevant topics from this conversation and others. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Whoop podcast on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can find me online at Will Ahmed. I try to respond to everyone who reaches out. Uh, and you can also follow at Whoop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can email thelocker at whoop.com with any thoughts, ideas, or suggestions you may have. Thank you again to all our listeners, to all our Whoop members. We love you.